What's up, you guys? Welcome to the October 19th edition of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher, getting ready to do something I've been wanting to do for a very long time, and that is talk DFS. Yes, uh, Friday, the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast will be the DFS Podcast. Strictly DFS, great slate, one of the best slates all week. It's always busy. It's a great way to start your weekend, so I'm hoping to help you do that. Maybe give you some extra spending money over the weekend or save it if you're the responsible type. But uh, yeah, it should be pretty cool. So in case you didn't listen to this podcast two years ago or in the playoffs, pretty much the idea of this pod is kind of... I mean, there's a lot of cool sites out there that do projections and all sorts of stuff that'll help you with kind of the computer side. So really what the point of this pod is, is going a little bit deeper, stuff you can't really find on a computer. So we're going to talk about coach quotes, rotation wrinkles, guys playing multiple positions, blowout factors, uh, players that could be affected by others against certain matchups, things that coaches may do. So it's going to be kind of like that. So we won't really dig in on quote-unquote lineup building. So it's kind of, you know, it should be kind of a... A supplement to that. So I'm hoping to, you know, you can dig in, find those cheap guys, especially with FanDuel now dropping the low score. Uh, that we're going to probably be focusing more on those cheap guys. Um, so there may be some usage rate jargon if you're new to this stuff. So I, uh, I would just Google this stuff. I'm not going to try, try to dig through it. Uh, I'm by myself today. Um, two parts because one, it's going to be a long pod by myself. I've got like four pages of notes to go through with you guys. Um, but next, it's pretty much going to be me and Ryan Kanas, who's awesome, and then Jonas Nader as well. Um, Jonas will be on next week around this time. So, yeah, Fridays are the, really the best slate, I think. It's just a great way to start your weekend. So let's just get down to it. Before we do that, really quick, uh, shout-out to our sponsor, Draft. Uh, you can play for free with the promo code RW. It's a little bit different than DFS. You kind of draft your guys. So if you want to play AD, if you pick first, you take AD. Uh, you don't have to worry about spending down as much. It's kind of fun um, picking the back and maybe get Kemba or something like that. So, Pretty fun. Uh, worth a try. I love snake drafting. I love auction drafting. So definitely check out Draft in the App Store or um, Draft.com. Promo code RW to play for free. Okay. So again, lots of coach quotes in this podcast. And we've got a lot to start our first game. And that's the Hornets projected at 110 versus the Magic 108. So pretty high scoring game. A game I want to target. And we're going to start with what Coach James Borrego said. He had a lot of things to say after the game. And I'm going to start with Malik Monk, who's pretty cheap at 5'5". I'm kind of in on him. Uh, he just jumped off the page to me. I, I thought Summer League, he had that terrific first quarter. Scored like 13 points in the first five minutes. He just looks so explosive. That's James Borrego's word, and I agree. That's the word to describe him. He just jumps off people. Just People can't guard him when he's on the open floor. And really, he talked him up big time. Uh, he said uh, that he wants him taking those shots, and he trusts him with the ball. It just was... It just was he, he trusts him. Um, although, caveat here. So, if you remember, Mitch Kupchak, the GM, had said basically, and this is reported, that when he interviewed guys, like, hey, how are you going to make Malik Monk better? So, in a way, Borrego may be talking to Kupchak and will t- make a political side. So, I uh, guess, so say you're a manager of a, a retail store, right, or something, and the the your boss or whoever uh, asks you to hire their son or daughter, and... That boss comes and asks you how that child's doing at work. You're not going to say, oh, he's trash. He's, he's wasting his shots. Like, so maybe that's part of it. But I still believe Monk. And I think he's going to play. Uh, again, 5-5 five, five, I think is a good price for him. And really the big rotation wrinkle here was this Parker, Kemba, Monk, Batum, MKG at the 5 lineup. Uh, it was used for 7 minutes in the 4th quarter with a plus 57.1 net rating. And it's a lot of quotes here. 
Uh, he said, Brego, quote, we found a group that wanted to play. He said that uh, they're going to find ways to keep looking at the lineup. Uh, and then, as, again, the Monk quote was, quote, we're going to trust him with the ball. Uh, this is a guy that was dead last in points per possession last year. So, really, again, uh, I, I like the summer league. So, I'm, I'm in on Monk for a guy that's under six. Um, although, shooting guard, there's some good players to put, to spend up on. So, we'll talk about that, too. Um, other, than, other than that, he didn't really mention Batum. He talked about Parker. He talked about MKG and... Yeah, I thought that was interesting. They didn't really mention Batum, who was a big part of that stretch run. Uh, and it's going to be Kemba. We'll talk about Kemba in a second. Um, Frank the Tank, or Frank the Shank, or Frank the Stank t- didn't play. Um, Borrego said he wanted to play between 8 and 13 guys, depending on game flow. Stuck with 10, so that pretty much means Kaminsky's in the 11 and 13 range. Um, and then it also, too, really took a shot at the starters. Said they weren't ready to play, so that pretty much singles out. Uh, Jeremy Lamb, who's had kind of motivational issues before, um, was a big issue in some of his previous teams, i.e. Thunder, um, which is why he's kind of on the Hornets. I can't trust Lamb, period. Um, Given his start and given how well Monk is playing, um, you can't play Lamb. I mean, sure, maybe fade him if you want to play like... I don't know, I just can't do it. But if you're into that whole straight contrarian, maybe. But I just don't see the upside there. Um... But yeah, it's going to be tough to play the centers. Uh, we saw Willie Hernan Gomez get some clutch minutes. So I'm kind of fading this whole situation until we feel, we feel how it goes. I guess if I pick one, I would probably pick Hernan Gomez, the Billy Goat, or Free Willie. I wish he would. Free Billy doesn't have the same ring to it, though. But anyway, so let's talk about the star of the show. That is Mr. Kemba Walker. Um, lots of stuff going on here. He is. John Wall actually topped him in time possession yesterday, but he was leading there. He was leading in passes received. He, he was leading in drives. He was leading in like every category uh, that we want to see our ball handlers have. And again, you see a guy drop 41 and you think, okay, hey, um, did you just get crazy hot or what was it? It was a little of both. He had a 35.1 usage rate. That's not like crazy high. 66 true shooting. That's not amazingly good, but it's pretty solid. You want 60% really good. 65 is really, really good. And then 70 means you were just lights out. So he was on the he was pretty close to that, but um, pretty much brought this team back single handed, 105 108 pace when um, when he was out there, uh, and again just dominated the ball. He's he's busy. He, he runs the offense uh, again. That pass passive received number really jumps out to me too. They want to get him the ball. They want him to score. Um, I think Kemmer's underpriced at 88. I think he should be closer to 10. He's pretty much Steph Curry with a better matchup in my opinion. So I'm really in on him. Um, again, I think he's going to be getting close to 10K. I've made no secret in the season-long pause over the whole summer that I think Kemmer's going to have a big season. Brigga wants him to play 35-plus minutes. We saw him play 39. So, yeah, um, great matchup. I mean, we saw DJ Augustine got shredded by Drogic. Couldn't even play down the stretch. Get to him in a second. So, I'm fully in on him. Um, besides that, again, I like Monk. Can't really trust MKG because you're pretty much banking on him playing center again. I don't know if that's going to be quite an option against Vooch and Bamba, so I don't expect that four small MKG five lamp to really be going down. Um, that's kind of it here. As we move on to, or I should add to the starters were minus fifty two point four um, in just nine minutes. Um, so yeah, that's pretty bad. So pretty much Kemba, Monk, and then maybe Willie Billy if you're feeling saucy. Uh, Orlando got a revenge game here, by the way, uh, for Steve Clifford. He coached the Hornets last year. And so th- this is interesting. So you look at the top lineups that were used on the big night and Tuesday, and the lineup that was tied for third, you wouldn't be surprised. The Nuggets had 29 minutes, which is insane. 
Um, and then at number three, the lineup of Jaron Grant, Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Simmons, Terrence Ross, and Mo Bamba played 19 minutes together. 10 in the second half, 9 in the first half. That's, the, again, third most, had a plus 59.6 net rating. Uh, against a team like Charlotte that wants to spread the ball around, you would think they're going to probably go four smallish again. So uh, Clifford talked about offensive rebounding a lot after the game, so keep an eye on that. Uh, other key rotation wrinkles here. Five minutes of Vooch and Mobamba. Mobamba's only 5-2, excuse me, 4-8 uh, on FanDuel. He's pretty cheap on DK, too, so definitely like him for a cheaper center. Um, I can't play DJ Augustine. Uh, did not play down the stretch. Just got, again, shredded. Uh, Clifford, buzzwords all the time when he talks is defense, defense, defense. So I'm off him. If you want to play Grant at 3-9, I don't hate it. They're probably better plays, but if you really want to hit this game hard, and you want to play Monk, Kemba, Bamba, maybe even Aaron Gordon at 8-6 on FanDuel. I'm cool with that. Um, I'm a little scared to play Fournier. Again, defense was the buzzword. I thought Jonathan Simmons was really kind of the star of the show defensively. And then Terrence Wass. How about him with four blocks, too? Uh, played great. Um, also had, like, I think four points, four blocks, a four times four, plus minus at plus 16. Uh, it was just, like, all fours, uh, except for, I think, steals and something else. But And four three-point attempts, too. But, um, but, yeah, I would probably lay off that. Um, I'm down with Gordon 8-6. I think he's going to be really uh, a key factor. I'm buying the rebounding. They want him to be a defensive rebounder. Um, they, that was really one of their focal points. They said more steals, more rebounds. So I think Gordon is a legit $9,000 player this year. So if you want to play him again, this is going to be a good game to stack. So I like that. Um, again, I don't really think I could trust. I love Jonathan Isaac. He's 5-2, a little pricey. We saw his minutes kind of take a hit. In the opener, because again, that small unit really just smashed on um, against the Heat. It was a big reason why they came back and won that game. Just a be- probably the best comeback of the season. But yeah, got to be careful on Isaac. Uh, was the low man on the rotation poll at 18.1, so just be careful there. And yeah, that's kind of it for that one. Um, yeah, um, and also Clifford said that Gordon made the made the plays, uh, and he was the shot maker. So again, he is the offense. So if you're going to play Jerry and Grant cheap. Don't set a high bar here. Uh, he's not going to have six, seven assists or anything like that. He's pretty much just going to be out there to play defense and try to keep Kemba under wraps, which I don't think he's going to. Okay, so another great game to stack here. We got the Knicks projected at 108 versus the Nets 111. We saw this in the preseason, and this was the Ennis Cantor went berserk. Had a 2020, and you look at his pre uh, his last season stats when he went up against Jared Allen, killed him. Uh, I think per 36 over you know that 17, 18 minute sample was like 30 and 13. So uh, Cantor is definitely a guy that is going to be super chalky. Um, we saw Jared Allen give a big line to Andre Drummond. The, the Knicks are really, really shorthanded. So Cantor is probably the safest, chalkiest center play that's not too outlandishly priced. So definitely a guy I want to get my hands on. Uh, he is Superman is uh, Jared Allen to me in the NBA. And uh, Cantor is probably his kryptonite. So we'll get to, we'll get to that in a second. Um, Moody is out as well. And obviously, Chris Porzingis. So, Lonzo Trier, he was a guy that really impressed, right? We said he had the big summer league, even better preseason, and looked good in the opener um, with the 15 points. So, uh, again, we talked about the high efficiency. He was 70 true shooting. You don't do that. Um, only 18.9 efficiency, but high pace here. Uh, this was uh, one of the higher, actually, the Lakers Blazers game was the fastest paced game so far this season. But this Knicks-Hawks game was number two. So it's going to be... They want to run the ball up and down the court. So that's good stuff. More possessions. We usually see the Knicks be slower. So 
be a little kill for there. Um, I'm down with Schreier, man. Uh, he's cheap if you want to put him in there. And, you know, if you're playing FanDuel, he's only 3-9. So I like him much better than I like Grant. Uh, so he's someone to consider. Um, again, like I, like I was saying, uh, he got compared to Josh Richardson and Tyler Johnson. If you remember, Fizdale used to be assistant coach for the Heat back in the day. Uh, we saw Kevin Knox and Mario Hazonia play 10 minutes together. Um, uh, 33.3 usage rate for Hazonia is pretty high from him, but again, 19.2 minutes. So it'll be a little bit of a game flow situation as well. So I'm not too into him. Um, Knox, again, 28.4 usage, 28.9 efficiency. So those are good numbers right there. So I think Knox could be a kind of a sneaky uh, and what should be a good matchup. We see that the Nets can give up big lines to wings and fours and stuff. We'll see what's up with Rondé Hollis-Shepperson. Um, uh, he is going to be questionable with a personal thing and that growing thing that's bothered him since freaking August. Uh, by the way, Crab is back, Demari Caro's out, and Big Sauce is out. We'll get to the Nets in a second. So, <clears throat> yeah. Um, I mean, look at Trey Burke as well. Pretty low minutes, but he'll probably play more in this game, but should be a little bit closer than after that blowout second quarter. Pretty cool story. I'm sure you guys have heard about it when the Knicks started terrible. Uh, that guy hit the half-court shot, and they went on a ridiculous uh, what 49-point third the second quarter. It was pretty nutso. So, <clears throat> yeah. Um, so, I'm, I'm down with Burke, man. Uh, okay, he's pretty cheap, so could be a guy to put in there. If you want to attack this game, definitely an, an option for you, too. Uh, but, again, Cantor is super-duper chalky, and um, it should be. I mean, it's... If you're playing cash, he's probably a guy you want to put in there. Um, I, I don't see how he fails. Uh, Jared Allen's not a guy that draws fouls. Um, yeah, so Cantanter's probably the, the guy to go with here. He could really break the slate for you with another, like, 2020. If he gets 2020, it's probably not even a surprise. Like, he just owns the Nets. Um, that's kind of it. Frank Nielakino, talk about him for a second. Um, really, in, he's really just a wing now. Uh, played all of his minutes next to a point guard. And Fizdale said, quote, I'm just really happy the way he's adapted to this role and hopefully can keep growing. So you see that, and you see a 9-point on usage rate, and you see a guy that you don't want to play in DFS. Uh, sure, he's pretty cheap, but, I mean, you hear that. He's pretty much just a straight defender right now. Um, again, I mean, you see 9-point on usage rate, and that automatically rules him out. You guys are new to DFS. You want guys who score, or in this case, opportunities to score, which is what usage rate is, and then it's... Uh, those are the two things you're looking for. We'll talk about rebounds and other stuff. And sure, FanDuel, it's nice to get the three points for blocks and all that. But um, minutes and usage rate are really the two things you really want to look for to correlate fantasy value. Um, but yeah, Cantor at 7-5. Like, if Cantor was 9-5, I would still probably consider playing him. Um, to the Nets here. <clears throat> so, uh, if you watched the opener, you saw D'Angelo Russell, who started, did not close this game. Um, sitting out the final 18 minutes of this one because, quote, the other guys were playing great, according to Kenny Atkinson. Man, they were. Um, Dinwiddie and Levert were really the superstars here. Levert had a 31.2 usage rate. Uh, his assists are going to be there. He's going to be a 5-5 five and five guy pretty much all season. Um, again, um, they were slow paced, but he had a 31 point. That's really good. 31.2 usage rate. Um, no, nothing really too much else. Uh, drove a lot. Uh, he had um, one of the highest in drives. Dinwiddie as well. Dinwiddie had um, 20 drives, I think, or something really, really high. So keep an eye on that. Um, I'm in on Levert, man. He's still 7-4. He's going to be in the upper eights. I think it feels like no time. He's really the best perimeter player they have um, against the Knicks defense. It wants to run. This game's going to be another good game to target if you're stacking up multiple games. Um, yeah, uh, he's underpriced. Uh, another guy who's heavily underpriced, that's Spencer Dinwiddie. 5-5. Uh, five, five. Uh, they're going to play him together, too. We know Alan Crabb's back, or he's probable. So that caps him just a little bit. But I thought 
I thought Dinwiddie looked great. Um, again, 30.8 usage rate from him and a high assist percentage. 30 assist percentage when he was out there. It just looks like he's going to be a cheap guy. He would probably be in the sixes. if He'd be in the sevens if DAR was you know out or something. But um, And they're going to play them together. They played those three, Levert, Dinwiddie, and D'Lo for eight minutes. Uh, 11 minutes of Dinwiddie and Russ. So they're going to be together. Probably not as much again because of Crab. But keep in mind, Joe Harris played 37 minutes. So... Even if you split that and say, you know, I don't really think Crab's point being, I don't really see Crab affecting Levert, especially Levert, um, and Dinwiddie and DAR. So I can't play Russell at his price. I'd rather just play Din at the at the you know thousand ish dollar cheaper. So I'm in there. I can't play Jared Allen today. Um, we know Atkinson, his one issue with Jared Allen was, hey man, you got to rebound and. He got it. Um, it caught, if you played season long, it pretty much cost his ADP to drop like two rounds. Uh, if you play in competitive, at least for me, uh, he was going third, fourth round. And after that game, he was going like fifth, sixth round. Um, but, I mean, he's a star. Uh, if you do want to kind of go contrarian, he'd probably be really low owned. Although that said, maybe the non-sharps see that monster game he had in the opener. And they're going to say, oh, that's Jared Allen. I'm going to pay out for him. So I would probably fade a little bit. I'm not totally against it. That's like my... Large adult Afro son, but um, definitely uh, Jared Allen's going to have a huge season. Just I don't like him today. Uh, Rondé, again, uh, if he's in, it's pretty much Jared Dudley's going to... Basically, if Rondé's in and he's okay, and he's not going to be, by the way, uh, it doesn't sound like it. Uh, Atkinson said he's not sure if he's going to ease him into it, so you're not playing Rondé if he's starting. You just can't do it. Um, And then you wouldn't play Dudley. You wouldn't play... Um, really, Travion Graham or anybody else. So, um, but yeah, you're gonna attack this backcourt, and um, I mean, I don't really think I can play Crab. Um, that ankle sprain was pretty bad. It was on crutches last week, so just pretty much don't play Harris uh, and then attack that backcourt. Um, yeah. So yeah, we're gonna have a long pod, aren't we? We're two games in, almost 20 minutes. So let's move on to the next game. We got Toronto and Boston projected at 106. Toronto 103. Boston, so close game. Uh, let's talk Boston first. Um, we're expecting Gordon Hayward to start, have a minutes cap, and then have what should be Aaron Baines. It may be Marcus Morrison this time because uh, they want to get Hayward out there a little bit later. I know the TNT broadcast said they want to start Baines every second half, but if you saw Boston last year, you know that they played Marcus Morris a lot in the starting lineup, and they played Baines against your Embiid's and so on. So um, you can't play Baines. Um, we'll talk about Toronto in a second. Um, but let's talk about Jason Tatum for a second. He had a 28.6 usage rate in, in the opener. That is the highest usage rate he would have had in his NBA career with games with Kyrie Irving in the lineup. Um, he had a usage rate spike in the preseason. He just looks like a superstar. So I'm down, down being up on him. Um, not too much. He's going to probably be super high owned, but I could see him having a strong game. Going to have a tough matchup probably against Kawhi a lot. So not the spot you want to play him here. But uh, Tatum's legit. Like, Tatum's going to be approaching the $8,000 range on a regular basis, I think. He's that kind of player, and his growth is just tremendous. Um, you could tell he worked out with Kobe. So, like him long-term, not today. A player I do like a lot is Terry Rozier. Eight minutes with Kyrie in the opener. Uh, again, that was a trend last year, trend in the preseason as well. Uh, 19 minutes, even closed out, even before garbage time. So, Rozier's the real deal. You saw the block on Embiid. Uh, expect his usage rate to be high. He's going to play fast. He's going to play, going to make mistakes, and he's okay with that. You'll take the minus one on turnovers all day. So, uh, Rozier's cheap. 4-7. Uh, that's probably, the of all these guys we've been talking about, 
your Dinwiddies, your Grants, your Triers. I mean, those guys are, are don't hold a candle to Rozier. I think he's one of my favorite players under 5,000. Uh, so I, I'd rather like him quite a bit. Um, besides that, again, be careful with the Raptors perimeter defense. Uh, we're going to see some Danny Green. Uh, I'm off Kyrie Irving. Um, usage rate's down, partly because Jason Tatum's really good. So we saw his usage rate come down way big time in the preseason. It was like, I think, eight points down uh, in the preseason. And it was down again in the opener, too. Didn't even close his game out uh, in front of the home folks. So uh, be careful. Rozier's the real deal, man. Uh, I know Zach Lowe picked him to be a six-man, but uh, I am also kind of on in that in that group. I, I love Rozier. Uh, so let's get to Toronto to move things along here. Uh, DeLon writes out, OG Ananobi got hit in the face, uh, had an orbital contusion, but he is going to play. Um, talking about uh, a lot going on here. So we know that Nick Nurse has not been shy about saying he's going to mix up the rotations. So it sounds like they're going to, for the center spot, it sounds like they're going to play JV against your typical five men. So guys that are shooting, you know, 10 feet in, not stretching from three and so on. Uh, he had mentioned that he liked Surge against Love because he didn't want him shooting the three. So we saw that um, late, in the, late in the game, despite JB being ridiculous uh, in the opener. Had a 91 contested rebounding rate percentage, which is insanely high. So, uh, And then also, too, uh, Pascal Siakam. Uh, he says he wants a new position created for him, and he looks pretty good. Uh, guy that's going to be pretty cheap. Again, not, this, not the strongest game to target here, but uh, if you do want to do it, uh, I could see this being a higher scoring game. So I, I like Siakam as a cheaper guy. Uh, probably the best cheap guy in this game, besides Rogier, is Fred Van Vliet. I expect him to close pretty much every night. Um, they're going to close with him, Lowry, Kawhi, whatever center, and then either OG or Danny Green, depending on how OG is. Maybe even Siakam as well. Uh, if they're going against a bigger team, Siakam again. Like he said, he wants to play his own position. So uh, I expect Fred Van Vliet, unless he's like crazy cold, that um, he'll be all right. So again, DeLon Wright also out helps him tremendously. So uh, Van Vliet and Rogier are two terrific cheap point guards to play in this game. Um, yeah, so it sounds like Serge is going to start. Uh, missed some shots, but really talked him up. I guess I'm okay playing him. I'm not really in love with it, but uh, he's going to be low-owned. Um, and again, I feel like you can kind of sneak in a lot of low-owned guys to mix in some um, some of this game. Um, but yeah, I think we'll move on from there. I think I covered it. Okay, so let's talk about Atlanta and Memphis. Uh, 103 Atlanta, 110 Memphis. These are Vegas projected scores, by the way. So let's talk Atlanta first. I'm going to talk about Trey Young. So this guy was elite in touch time. Um, his minutes are high. Basically, if you look at like his stats, he looks like a guy that should be cost like 8.5K. But he's so cheap. So he's probably the best bang for your buck guy that has a decent floor. Um uh, yeah, he's again, he's probably a top three or four play tonight um, against Memphis. We know Memphis wants to slow the pace down, but Atlanta wants to pick it up too. So, you know, DC came to target. We saw the, the Hawks wanted to run with a 12 second shot clock in practice. Again, I mentioned that uh, 12 and a half pace in the opener against the Knicks. So it should be higher pace despite what Memphis wants to do. We'll talk about that in a second. But uh, no Deadman, no Collins. Justin Anderson as well. Alex Len off the injury report after playing 20 minutes. He burned pretty much everybody. Alex Lynn chalk night is like the worst night. It's probably worse than Kylo Quinn chalk night. But um, yeah, so yeah, he's I'm definitely in on Trey Young. Um, again, if he was like seven and a half, I would probably still consider him. I just see him being, you know, not the best matchup, but uh, again, he has all the looks of a guy. Um, Twenty-two point two usage rate's pretty good. He was on the floor for 115 pace, by the way. Um, down on true shooting, he was 44.4. Um, 
yeah, I mean, I could see him dropping 27 dimes and three boards and a steal, and he'll, like, 7x you or something. So uh, I'd, I'd rather like him. Looking for punts here. I got Alex Poitras as a guy I'm keeping an eye on. Bones, minimum cheap. Uh, he's 3-5. Played eight center minutes here. So I don't think they're going to want to play Plumlee at the 5 too much. Uh, based on what they want to do. Again, Alex, and also Amari Spellman's out. I forgot to mention that. So that's a big reason why I like him. So he knows he knows Lloyd Pierce's system. Was with him in Philly for a little bit. So I see Poitras being a really sneaky guy. He played 20.7 minutes in the opener. That is not garbage time related. Was the first pick off the bench. Again, they're going to play fast. He's going to get easier buckets, I think, running down the floor. He shoots the three a little bit. So um, if he keeps his turnovers down and things like that and doesn't make mistakes... Poitras could definitely 10x you at 3-5. Uh, again, he has no competition. We know Alex Lynn's not going to play 35 minutes. So Poitras is probably your one of your best cheap guys to play, uh, especially if you're looking for a guy to spend down on and, D- and FanDuel and just, okay, if he only gives me 10, which I don't think he's going to, then whatever, just drop that low score. So again, Poitras is probably my bare minimum favorite guy. Um DeAndre Bembry's another guy I got my eye on. Uh, he's going to get minutes. He has pretty much locked down the perimeter-ish six-man role. Uh, had a really low usage rate debut at 9.5. Shot the ball terribly. Great preseason. Uh, they want to play him. We saw Lloyd Pierce says, hey, he's the best guy getting into the lane and scoring. So they want to get him going. Um, I'm down. I'm down for some memory if you're looking for a guy to play cheap uh, at 3-6. So this is an okay game to target. Um, no one's going to really be on it, especially since how slow Memphis is. Um, I'm okay with Bazemore, I guess. But, I mean, Torian Prince is still a guy. It's going to be probably pretty high-owned. He's 7-1. He should definitely be in the 7s. But kind of over-exceeded a little bit. 62.6 true shooting. 26 usage rate. I'm buying that usage rate. Um, And, again, the pace is going to be pretty good. So, I think Torian Prince could definitely be a guy that drops 30 routinely. Um, And in this spot against Chandler Parsons and Garrett Temple, he's going to have... Pretty strong mismatches against him. So definitely a guy that has uh, the looks of someone who could produce. Uh, moving to the Memphis side. Uh, again, we talked about they got blown out. They got smoked um, in Indiana. Uh, I'm down with Jared Jackson Jr. Uh, again, plays two positions. I expect him to play 25 minutes, maybe more, uh, if guys aren't playing well. We've seen Jermichael Green has that shoulder injury. Maybe that limits him a little bit more. We saw him play 25 minutes in the opener. Um, looked terrible. Um, just awful. So uh, I don't see how... I think Jared Jackson could get to 30 minutes tonight for a guy that blocks shots the way he does, the guy that can score. We saw him face up really well against an Atlanta defense that can't stop people. So I could see Jared Jackson being kind of in a smash spot uh, as his price doesn't really reflect how good he is yet. Uh, Garrett Temple should be pretty busy. He had a 25.5 usage rate. A guy I don't really trust that usage rate. So um, he'll probably be over because he's so cheap. Um from what I was looking at, a lot of people had him pretty high for price per or, um, value per dollar. Excuse me. So, um, Marcus Saul is pretty uh, pretty impressive as far as touches go. Had 62 front court touches. Led the NBA in that category last year. He was second so far. Jokic led in that category uh, on the opening big night, excluding the excuse uh, excluding that two game thing. So, I mean, I guess I'm down just because the matchup's pretty good. Um, so you could sneak some guys in here. Mike Conley's still pretty cheap. Again, the blowout factor. Uh, Shelvin Mack handled the ball a lot. So if you think Memphis is going to blow out the Hawks, which is pro- which could happen, um, you may want to sneak some Shelvin Mack in there. He's pretty cheap. He's 3-8. So if you're banking on that and you want to play Poitras as well, maybe those are two cheap guys to put in a lineup. Um, 
did play a little bit next to Conley, barely. Uh, so that's uh, something. Uh, not much, but um, this guard rotation is kind of a mess. Um, I don't know what to do with it. It sounds like Temple's got the inside track, so um, maybe he flips it. We know Bickerstaff probably likes to stick with guys for a little bit, so I guess. Uh, or the Okay. Oh, boy. Guess what? Just as I saw my phone to see what time it is, I see that Marcus All has been added to the injury report at questionable. So you lock button Jaron Jackson right now. Um, I think he's going to, yeah. Jaron Jackson just gained, like, yeah, he's pretty much must play now. So, um, yeah. I mean, if he's out, that is. But that's, that's big news. Uh, and then less, less knee soreness for Jamichael Green. So, careful there. Um, okay. Sorry, it kind of stunned me there. All right. Uh, other than that, I mean, Kyle Anderson was pretty bad. I still like him kind of long-term. But if, if, if Marcus Saul is out, man, it's it's opened the floodgates for guys. Uh, so you're going to want to play Mike Conley. Uh, again, Jaron Jackson's pretty much lock button. Uh, I think that that would actually really benefit Kyle Anderson despite that terrible game uh, in limited minutes as well. So uh, that would help him. But, yeah, Marcus Saul pretty much was all they had uh, as far as just dictating the flow of the offense, 21.7 usage rate. But, again, he had – those 62 front court touches, which is what really jumps out, just to kind of shows how it flowed through him. Let the usage flow through you. Uh, okay, so moving on. That's big news there. Okay, so uh, he's got back soreness. Oh, boy. Um, so if you're in a season long, like trade for Jaron Jackson Jr. right now. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Cleveland and the Wolves. We've got 108 for Cleveland, 116 for the Wolves. I'm going to start with Jimmy Butler. So, Jimmy Butler, if you, I didn't do a DFS pod on Wednesday, but he was so freaking cheap. It was just an embarrassment. But you look at his numbers, and you see a 34.2 usage rate, and that it's going to be so high. Uh, he had 17. He didn't even do much with it, uh, with that usage rate. Um, he had 17 drives. Those 17 drives yielded just four points. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Jimmy's pretty much, I wouldn't say lock button, but he's he's up there for expensive guys you want to play here. Uh, Cat burned everybody who played him against the Spurs. Much more friendlier matchup here. Uh, he's 10-1. Uh, again, Jimmy Butler's 9-5. He should be 9-5. I think he's worth it. Um, just the blowout factor is a little bit of a concern here. Uh, we know Jimmy wants to be the guy. and, and I'm buying I'm buying mid-30s usage rate, too. So uh, For a guy who's typically been you know close to 62 shooting, so... You're getting minutes like that, and you're getting a usage rate like that with a fairly efficient score. You're looking at 30 points more often than not, like actual points, um, combined with Jimmy, who can dine, who can steal, who can board a little bit. Um, yeah, so I'm down with him. Uh, other Wolves, not too much going on here. Uh, they're they're going to run nine-man rotation, which is nice to see. So, you know, you're going to see Tyus. You're going to see Derek Jones Jr. Excuse me, Derek Jones Jr., Tyus Jones, uh, I got Tyus and Tarek mixed up together, um, uh, Gorgie Jang as well, and then Anthony Tolliver, who could get maybe some five minutes here, so another minimum guy, watch him, um, as I legit just pulled out my headphones, you guys didn't hear that, but um, yeah, so keep an eye on him, and that's probably it. Uh, I mean, Teague's fine. Uh, good matchup. So 7,000, that's all right. I, I'd rather just spend that for Kemba. Um, Wiggins, 68. I'm kind of good with that. Revenge game for Wiggins for a team that drafted him. Uh, yeah, and then Kevin Love revenge game, right? Uh, he's cheap, too. He's only 8,000. Uh, 30 usage rate. Uh, should be pretty good. Uh, we know the Wolves kept giving up big lines to fours and fives. So I'm down with Love at eight. I think he's a little underpriced. Uh, and again, this, if this game is close, I could see him being busy. 
Uh, I'm certainly buying the Jetty Osman strong game. Uh, didn't really have his scoring's a little misleading because he was really efficient. Uh, not a guy who I expect to be, you know, upper 60s. He, he was 67.2 true shooting on 19 usage rate. So he'll probably be, you know, he's going to score probably 13 points, maybe 12, and do a little bit of everything. Still pretty cheap at 6-2, so I'm fine with that. It just wasn't a, oh my God, play me kind of situation where it wasn't the opener. So 6-2 is pretty much where he should be priced. He's not going to have very many games. Uh, obviously, I love him long term because he can do so much in different categories and stuff. So definitely on... Uh, on base on on with that not that he's, he won't this won't be the last jetty osman game you see uh, and it will be the return of the jetty uh and soon enough but maybe not tonight i'm gonna probably be overplayed too for tournaments not too much else i really like there uh, i'm a little bit mixed up with the tristan thompson situation larry nance is questionable jared smith is questionable uh we saw Ante Zizic get some minutes super super low usage rate this time i was kind of surprised by that 8.6 so um yeah it's kind of it. I'm not too into the Cavs. Uh, Colin Sexton had 27.7 usage rate. He actually led all rotation players in touch uh, seconds per touch. So every time he touched the ball, he held it for 6.6 seconds. That's insanely high. Uh, it was more than John Wall had last night. So everyone who was in rotation, he led there. So look, didn't look good, man. <laughs> I like Colin Sexton long term, but uh, it's going to be a while before we can really trust him. So and yeah, maybe if you, if you think it's a blowout, um, again. Who's going to be in the rotation? He'll probably be feasting late. So if you think you're going to, if you don't want to play Jimmy because you're worried about blowout or whatever, um, I'm down to play him there. So we're way behind schedule here. Uh, let's move on to Sacramento projected at 110 versus the Pelicans 121. I don't think it's going to be that close. I think it's going to be like 130 to like 95. Uh, so maybe 120. I don't know. But AD, man, he is 13-3. That is extremely expensive. Uh, I, I guess he's worth it, but, I mean, 13-3. Like, I think if, if I could only play him or Giannis based on the price, I'd probably rather play Giannis. Uh, we'll talk about him in a second. But, I mean, oh, 13. That's, we talk about Westbrook hitting 15, 15K, and, like, AD's going to probably hit 15K at some point. And I'm still down to play, I'm sure. It's just I'm worried about the blowout factor. The Kings want to play fast. And they're going to play right into the Pelicans' hands. So, um, just a little nervous there. Uh, Julius Randle's going to be probable. Sounds like he's going to go. Went through shoot around as well. Um, and yeah, uh, Gentry also, he played um, Holiday a little bit away uh, from AD. We pretty much saw them last season tag team it, where they would play Drew and AD. So, that's actually good for Holiday. Holiday's uh, stats last season without AD, without Buggy, were really good. Uh, without Rondo as well. So, um, you know, he played him with Darius Miller, Solomon Hill, Miritich, and Randall uh, to start the second quarter. So that was that, that was a rotation note that I caught. On, I, I caught. So, yeah, Drew's all right. Uh, 81. I'd rather have uh, someone like Kemba, different positions in FanDuel. But, yeah, that's fine. Uh, I'm a little bit not sold on Alfred Payton. I think the Rockets thing may have helped him a little bit. Uh, does have a good matchup here at 7,000. Uh, I just, I don't know. I, I can't do it. Uh, I'd rather play his opponent. Um, that's De'Aaron Fox. Get to him in a second. Now, let's just move on. We're way behind. So the Kings. Uh, good stuff on no Bogdan, no Kufus. Um, mentioned uh, Trey Young's touch time. Fox, uh, seven minutes of touch time. That's super high. Uh, he was really, he's, he's cheap. He's 6'5". So if you want to play cheap, cheap young guards, those are your guys. Fox and Trey. Uh, I think they're both, again, pace is going to be so high in this game. Uh, probably be 
maybe not total points, but if I'm projecting just pure pace, I think this will be number one. Uh, again, um, we saw the Kings have a pretty good pace. Even against Utah, uh, they had a good pace. So that just really shows you that they want to run the ball down the court. Um, I think Nemanja Bielitz is going to be a guy that are going to want to play. So at 5,000, that's okay. Uh, he's going to have to shoot a lot. So he's pretty solid there. Uh, I do not like Willie Cauley-Stein long-term, but stats-wise, he actually looks super. He had an NBA-high 11 touches. Um, again, just played well. So I don't think I can play him at 7-5. Um, but yeah, uh, and you're pretty much hands-off. I mean, Buddy Heald's fine at 6-3 as well if you really want to attack this game. 6-3 um, is probably cheap for Buddy Heald. So that's something to keep an eye on. But you obviously can't really play Giles uh, as bad as he was in the opener. He's 3-5. So, yeah, I mean, if you want to bank on garbage time, then sure. I mean, you could look at Giles at 3-5. At Let's see. How are we doing on time here? Pretty bad, I would assume. Yep, 36 minutes. <laughs> All right. Sorry. I, I try to keep this thing close to 40 minutes. It never happens. but And it's good. that's why we went solo, too. So let's move on before we get to positions. We've got three more games here. So I miss anything? No, that's good. Uh, Indiana 106, Milwaukee 110. We're going to start with Giannis. So Giannis, uh, he was pretty much the top man in touch time, non-point guards. Um, drove a lot, 17 times, only 9 points off that. You're pretty much talking about, as far as the scoring goes for Giannis, it was pretty much a little low. Um, so I expect him to score a hell of a lot more. Obviously, he rebounds, he dimes. He's going to do so much. So um, you, see, you see Giannis with the minutes he plays, you would think he drops just monster numbers uh it just didn't happen uh in the first game so yeah um i'm down again i think per per buck i think he's a better no pun intended on the buck thing but uh i think he's a better buy I mean, this guy had a 39 usage rate um in the opener in 35 minutes so yeah i think Giannis could be in a total smash spot here against the pacers who defended pretty well in the opener um, and the other rotation things let's note here is Ilyasova closed over Brooks. So he closed with Bledsoe, Giannis, uh, Brogdon, and who am I forgetting? Giannis. Oh, Middleton, excuse me. Uh, so yeah, uh, I'm not too into Middleton. Uh, I get that he's fine, but I don't really see uh, a place he peaks. Bledsoe's kind of cheap at 7-2. I think this could be a decent spot for him. He doesn't really, he matches up pretty well against Collison. Got a lot of open looks. Uh, still handled the ball a pretty good amount, despite Giannis dominating the ball as well. So, um, Bledsoe's probably going to play 35 minutes in this game. So, I, I think he'll be all right. Uh, home game, new stadium too. So, fun narrative there. Um, yeah, uh, you can't play Brook. Like I said, Ilya Silva close. And I'm down with Ilya Silva. He's 4-5. It's pretty cheap for guys. going to get shots. Um, he has 72 true shooting, by the way, so a little a little high. I'll probably be over-owned. Uh, but 29 minutes, I don't think that 29 is a fluke at all. So he's going to play upper 20s. Um, for a guy, upper 20s and a good offense that wants to shoot threes, those are all really good signs for Ilyasova. Again, 4-5 is the reason why I like him there. Um, Pacers, not much to talk about here. They pretty much blew out the, uh, the Grizzlies in the opener, so we really can't analyze too much what we saw. But uh, Depot had a pretty low usage rate, and really the one guy who was kind of the star of the usage show was Demontis Sabonis. He had an NBA high 18 paint touches. That's insanely high. Stephen Adams led eight and 13 last year. So this guy wants the ball when he's out there. He's probably not going to play too big in minutes. They don't want to play him next to Miles Turner as well. So that's something that kind of hurts just a little bit because it may be kind of hot handy. But yeah, I mean this guy's going to feast. Uh, he was right in the superstar range. For both rebounding rate and uh, usage rate. So he checks pretty much all the boxes for guys that you want. It's just pretty much you ha you're, if you're banking on Sabonis, you're banking on Turner not killing it. Uh, so, and it's going to be 
He could, though. I could see Turner killing it right away. So, But I do like Sabonis. He's still a little underpriced based on what he's doing statistically. Um, and him and Tyreek just look so, so good together. So that's a good it's a good stack, too. Um, I mean, Oladipo's fine. Uh, I like other guys kind of in his price range. Uh, I think he could have some tough times against this defense as well. So deep, he's just kind of fine. Um, you know, pretty much tournament only. If you really want to attack this game, hoping for like overtime or something, should be pretty close. Uh, Boyan, a little bit over expectations from him. So I probably wouldn't chase that. Um, yeah, okay, let's move on. Um, we got... Got a good game here as far as just pure basketball love. Uh, we got Golden State at 110, Utah 107 at home. Um, big note here is Iguodala is questionable. Uh, and then Steve Kerr, interestingly, said Jordan Bell is his C3, which gets me PO'd, get it? Uh, with with uh, He's out there. So he's going to play a lot of mostly power forward. We saw Draymond Green, who looked like had a minutes cap, did not. Uh, he played huge minutes. So I'm pretty much... I guess Damian Jones is interesting. He's 4-5, but I don't know, man. Uh, I could see Gobert giving him fits, and I could see them going with Looney or something like that. I thought Looney's defended kind of better straight rim runner, high high lob kind of a thing. I mean, Damian Jones on paper looks like he can defend that. It's pretty you know, bouncy as far as his size. So maybe he thrives, um, but I don't know. I'm a little scared. Obviously, Utah scares you, but they're playing fast now. So this isn't quite like, oh my god, Utah fade. It's not the same. Uh, I don't think they're going to defend perimeter guys as well. So Steph's really the most expensive point guard on the slate. Uh, and I think he's worth it. I mean, how hot is this guy, yo? <laughs> like, he had, I think, 78 true shooting in the preseason. He had a 72 true, sh- uh, true shooting in the opener. He had a, I think, 69 true shooting in the 2018 part of the regular season. Like... This guy's insane, man. So, so I, I, he's expensive, but I don't care really. I, again, if it comes to pound for pound or dollar for dollar kind of thing, I would take Kemba. But if you don't want to play Kemba and you want to play Curry, you want to attack this game, I'm down. Again, Utah wants to play fast. They were fast in the preseason. Again, um, we see stats are generally fast. The preseason paces are faster overall. But I'm just talking like pure ranking. Like they were ranked high, so everyone's paces were up, but they were up within those ranges as well, which is a good indicator. I said this on my, on my non-DFS pod a couple weeks ago. Uh, six of the nine teams that were tops in preseason pace, of those six, that accounted for seven of the top preseason, uh, pre- the regular season pace teams. Um, so I'm buying the Utah pace thing a little bit. So especially, uh, again, they're, they're going to be all right. But I'm not playing Clay. I'm down for Durant, I guess. Um, he's really expensive, though. So I'd rather just get Giannis in there or something like that or AD or somebody. Of the guys that are over 10K, he's probably in the lower part of that. But uh, it's Kevin Durant, so we'll see what happens with him. Um, again, I, I, I'm kind of staying away from the center spot. If I wanted to play a guy, it would it would be Jones. Um, Kerr loves a man. Preseason, training camp, they're like, yo, do it. And he did. Um, do it, I mean, win the job. And he he did. Uh, he has been he, – he used to have these lapses routinely where he would just, like, forget where his guy is to defend. And he hasn't really done that, so – uh, I'm definitely in on him uh, for a cheap guy uh, if you want to attack this game. Uh, Utah side, um, lots of Donovan Mitchell. Again, one uh, that Giannis group, uh, Josh Richardson as well, guys who handle the ball a lot but don't play point guard. Obviously, part of that is because Rubio had a thumb injury, didn't play. We saw Dr. Exum get all the backup point guard minutes, no time next to Rubio, important to note, so be careful on Exum, who is 4-3. Um, if you hear something about Rubio being hurt, then maybe. But, yeah, uh, so... 
moving on there. I think, let's see here. We got, yeah, I mentioned the Rubio Thumb. Uh, Gobert played 37 minutes. Uh, he's sneaky, man. I've said all along, the pace and everything is going to really up his scoring. So he's expensive. Uh, he's 8'7". So I'm not too into him um, as far as the price goes and the matchup goes. But, I, I mean, if you're going to play Steph and you want to play, I don't know, really nobody else to play besides Jones, you're gonna, you can't play go. I mean, if you're playing DK, you want to play them both, sure. But, um, but yeah. And even Damian Jones had, um, yeah, you know, it's pure fit. He's going to get a lot of dunks. So if he gets, you know, seven, eight touches, he'll probably get you 10 points. Uh, okay, so I think we're good there, I guess. Oh, Donovan Mitchell's 8K. I'm down. Again, if you want to attack that game, um, he should be more, I think, especially with with Rubio with that thumb injury. He'll probably be dialed back. So I can't play Rubio, even though he's pretty cheap. Had, had Rubio been healthy, he would have been a pretty good play here, but a little bit scared here uh, to throw him out there. Uh, Derek Favors had half center, half power forward minutes, if you're tracking that. Uh, okay, so let's move on. He's actually got a lot of notes for these last two. So, OKC, here we go. 108-108 projection. Uh, no Westbrook, no Robertson. Uh, Billy Donovan played it straight. When I'm, I mean by that, he had a starter and a backup for his positions at point guard, power forward, and center. So that's Adams with Noel, Patterson and Grant, and then Felton backed up Schroeder. Schroeder's just, just disgustingly cheap. Uh, he's seven thousand. That's that's too cheap. Um, he's a better buy than pretty much anybody over five k. Uh, so like him, him and Young are probably the best two cheap point guards to play if you don't want to play Kemba or Steph. Um, yeah, it, it's he should not be that cheap. I get that he gets Pat Beverly and all that, but Beverly didn't look good in the opener. Uh, we saw him not close. We'll talk about the Clippers in a second. So yeah, Schroeder's pretty much again. You're gonna have a tough time finding a better bargain than Schroeder at seven thousand. Um, usage rate was way up in the preseason. This guy likes pick and roll. They're gonna. He basically is a cheaper Russell Westbrook. Um, pick and roll isolation. He was 90th percentile isolation scoring last year. Uh, yeah. So Schroeder's a guy that you, you want to get in there for sure. Uh, Paul George underpriced man. Nine uh, two. He should be in the tens. I think he's gonna have super high usage. He's gonna handle the ball a lot. He had 13 pull up attempts. That's like almost triple what he had last year. Um, still 32 usage rate. It was 35 I think in the first half when he couldn't make anything. Um, again, he's going to dominate the scoring. Uh, I think he's got a shot at 35 points tonight, actual points. So I, I think he's underpriced. Uh, I, again, compare him to Kevin Durant, I would easily take Paul George at $1,000 cheaper. I think he's just going to dominate this game. I don't really see how they can defend him um, with who they're going to put on him. Uh, we saw him break out in the third quarter. It was terrible in the first half. So um, I think Paul George could be a, a slate breaker kind of a guy. Uh, for this one, uh, Adams is seven four two. So if you really want to attack this game, it should be close. I'm down with that. There's not too many um, studs I like for the Clippers. We'll talk about that. Actually, there's one. We'll talk about that. <laughs> but I uh, can't really play Grant again. If I saw Grant play the five or Grant play the three, I'd be into him a little bit, but not so much. Uh, I do want to talk some Diallo for a second? Got really talked about after the game. He did tweak his ankle on Thursday, so that kind of takes me off him. But it pretty much takes me off Terrence Ferguson and Abrinas because. Uh, afterwards, uh, he uh, talked. Billy Donovan talked about, a lot about the defense. He said that he was okay. Diallo guarding Clay Thompson, not great, but short term, he thinks he'll be better. And they need him to be a reliable defender. So he spent a good portion of the post game talking about Diallo becoming a better player. So he's really the future here, at least until we get Robertson back. So I'm kind of staying away from this whole situation, uh, unless you think it's going to be garbage time. But Vegas doesn't. It's again they're projecting to be a tie. So. Um, 
But yeah, again, pretty much fade everybody except for Paul George Schroeder and maybe Adams. Um, I guess Grant. I, I'm, he's kind of cheap, so I'm, I'm kind of into him, but not a lot. Uh, Clippers, a lot going on here. So let's start with Shea Gilgis-Alexander. A lot going on here. Uh, Doc uh, had said that he is definitely could see him as a closer. He deserved to close the last game against the Nuggets. He just looks so good, man. He's so cheap, too. He's 4-5. So, again, if you're going to really go after this game, you're, you're going to play Schroeder. You're going to play PG. I think Alexander's a guy to get in there really cheap at 4-5 and then hope that Beverly flames out early and they want to get Alexander in there. Uh, this guy got to the rim really well in the preseason. Couldn't make his shots. So I think he's a guy you want to put in there at 5-5. Five, five. He's right in that group of that that Rogiers and who am I forgetting uh, that was also kind of cheap. Uh, Trier and those guys. Um, Spencer. But yeah, 4-5 four, four, is a good buy for him. I expect him to play 30 minutes. Not cash because he could get burned if Pat Bev gets hot. But again, Alexander does play some uh, shooting guard. Uh, we saw him start Papev and SGA together in the preseason. So that's on the table. Um, yeah, uh, Tobias was kind of meh. Um, Doc had said that it wasn't his best game, expecting to be better. So big minutes from Tobias. He's going to be he's 8.1. That's deserving. Um, I could see him exceeding that. Uh, I could see him. He, Tobias doesn't really bust you, though, right? Like He's going to get huge minutes, doesn't get into foul trouble. He does a little bit of everything, so he's not going to straight bust you. So Tobias is going to be a pretty good cash guy most nights. But 8-1's, 8-1's fine. Uh, again, he's going to pre- I pretty much have him penciled in at like 27-4 with maybe a defensive stat. So that's going to be worth it, I think, close to it. So, All right, so I think that covers everything. Uh, Doc also emphasized spacing, didn't like the passing. So, again, that's kind of an indictment on Avery Bradley and Pat Beverly and Gallinari didn't pass very well. Tobias didn't either. So all those guys kind of got... Um, I can't really pay Pat Bev as cheap as he is either. So let's end notes on my favorite person, uh, Boban. Uh, so Doc had said a couple things that struck me. First, he said that he thought that Jokic was a bad matchup for Boban. If you follow Boban, you may have noticed that he kills Denver. Uh, so... I, that struck me. Um, I don't know if it was trying to hide that or what, but I thought that was odd. And then he also had mentioned that Boban's longer stints proved to be costly. Quote, I think a, a fresher Boban probably could have had a greater chance to guard Denver's kind of action. So, does that mean Boban's going to play maybe four five-minute stretches? That would be sick. Uh, that would mean he would be locked button as well, but we do not know that yet. So, if you're, I haven't been pretty much every season long league just because if he does get that kind of upside, if he gets eight, if he gets eighteen minutes, it's a wrap. He's value. So, I mean, again, this game's tasty. So if you want to plug in Bobon in there, man, I I will not stop you. But actually, Fanduel, you know, you could risk the zero with Bobon. So, I mean, right? Like, yeah, four thousand. If he doesn't play, okay, take the zero. But if he plays. 20 minutes, like, you're going to get 50 points. So, uh, yeah, more more FanDuel friendly with the, with the zero factor. Um, to put 4000 in the center spot, that'll really give you some flexibility to go up and spend. So uh, I rather like that strategy. Again, you could definitely see a zero coming, but after the opener with what he did with 18 and 8 and 18 minutes, like, he did say he was a little tired, so it's not all, all roses and bobons, but you got to like that there. All right. Man, uh, so I think... Do we, should we talk about positions? I guess we probably should, huh? All right, let's talk about positions really quick. So let's talk about FanDuel. 
going to point guard. Like I said, if you're gonna spend up, I'm. I think Kemba's my probably favorite high guy, but lock button mode. Um, if you're gonna play multiple lineups, like you want a lot of Trey Young, you want a lot of Schroeder, um, and I like uh, Darren Fox a little bit. Um, Bledsoe's okay at seven two. I love Kemba at eight eight. If you're gonna spend up there, uh, Conley maybe if you're gonna attack uh, that Atlanta game pretty strong. Uh, Dinwiddie is is pretty cheap in um, DraftKings. He's six eight in D, uh, in Fanduel. Excuse me if I got those prices mixed up earlier. I oh, know he's five five, so I had that right. It was uh, um, Russell that was that much. So yeah, I like him at five five. Uh, Rozier as well. Mentioned SGA and sorry from uh, and Van Vliet. That's who slipped my mind earlier. Four four. He's probably one of the better values as well. Uh, shooting guard um, Schroeder. Excuse me, Schroeder's shooting guard in. FD, sorry, I mixed that up. So he's seven, he's he's easily the best player here, uh, as far as value goes. Um, at seven thousand is a steal for him. He should be he should be eight and a half. Um, I would play him over Depot at the same price if that's crazy talk or not. So I, I do like him quite a bit. I love Levert at seven four, and then we talked about all those other guys. Malik Monk's five five, and uh, Trier for the cheap ones at three nine. And yeah, I don't. Th- I, mean, I guess you could play Diallo three five. Just play Boba instead for the, if you're going to play the minimum there. Um, Avery Bradley is four five. That's actually a pretty good price for him. I didn't really talk about him, but that's really cheap. A guy I expect to play, but low usage. You're going to have to count on him being like two seasons ago, Boston rebounding when he was leading the team in rebounding. That would be super nice. Uh, okay, so I didn't really plan to do positions. So I'm kind of just doing this kind of on the fly. So excuse me if I'm kind of all over the place. But, yeah, I think Giannis is a value at 11-8. I think he's going to smash. I think he's got 60 points in the bag, so play him. Uh, again, I think he's probably the best value as far as the over 10Ks got, over 10K guys go. I love Paul George at 9-2. I would still love him at 10. Um, it's a better buy. I didn't talk about Kawhi, actually. Kawhi at high minutes, pretty decent usage, so he's fine at 9-4. I just prefer Paul George quite a bit more. So, I do like Turing Prince. I do like Jedi Austin a bit at 6-2. I... Can't play Isaac yet. I'm kind of in the Simmons at 4-8, but you're kind of banking on some things going your way. I mentioned Bembry as a possible punt at 3-6. Ananobi um, at 3-9, I guess, is a possible one, but you're going to be uh, kind of at, uh, at the mercy of the game flow uh, and how Nurse wants to play it. We don't really know for sure how he's going to play or who's going to play Danny Green, which we saw him play, or OG, but I expect OG to close and get good minutes, but you're going to have to be banking on him getting a block or steal and some boards and stuff like that. Uh, I mentioned Kyle Anderson. If Marcus Saul's out, that's uh, at five four. Something to keep an eye on. B Leeds is five thousand. It's really cheap for him. Guy should get a lot of shots in this matchup. So uh, power forward. Obviously, you start with with the man, the myth, the legend, Anthony Davis. Thirteen uh, three. Again, he's probably going to be a fifteen thousand dollar kind of a player soon, and that's fine. Uh, he's going he's going to smash. Um, again, pace somewhat. Nothing, no real high usage guy next to him like Bookie Cousins. Um, like he's gonna be pretty much 30, 15, and four with you know three or four defensive sets a game. Like, geez, it's nuts. So, um, Aaron Gordon, Tobias, I probably lean Gordon if you're stuck on, on that group. Um, Jason Tatum's still pretty cheap at 6'4. I still think Jaron Jackson at 6'1 is gonna probably be really low owned in a game you really want to attack, especially he's cheaper in DK as well. So, uh, I like him there. It's kind of uh, Sabonis at five six is pretty good, and Siakam at five thousand is all right. Uh, Poitras is my my fo- uh, power forward punt at three five. Uh, I think he's going to at least five x you um, with guys being again. Len can't play. I don't think Miles Plumby is going to really fit in this matchup. So 
Uh, something to consider there. Boban, if you're going to play FanDuel and want to risk a zero, that's your guy. And I like Steven Adams. Cat's fine. And who else did we mention? Uh, Gobert, 8-7 is a pretty good price for him. I mean, Jared Allen, 6-8. I guess it's not terrible, but it's all right. Um, Valachunas is 5-9. It's pretty good. I mentioned that fluky kind of rebound. Uh, Bamba, if you do, do not want to risk a zero. Uh, Bamba at 4 is a pretty good price for him. Uh, a guy that should play quite a bit. Again, again five minutes with Vooch. Um, that's super valuable. Um, another punt would be Ed Davis. If you're worried about Jared Allen losing rebounds, that would be the way you want to go. But I mean, Fanduel, just play Boba and see what happens. Like, don't be mad at him if you take a zero. All right, so pretty close to an hour on this pod. Um, again, they're going to be longer pods. That's kind of the way it is. Hope that's cool. <clears throat> yeah, every Friday we'll be going over all the games and won't be quite this long because we'll have less to figure out. I guess we're still trying to figure out these rotations and coaches tendencies and certain matchups and pace and all that stuff yet so it should be pretty easier but that's it so you guys enjoy your weekend best of luck i'll be on twitter all day tweeting out news tweeting out stats tweeting out whatever tweeting out videos when the games are on so give me a follow at mike s gallagher and check out the roto world news page for all the updates i'll be pretty much handling all that as well so again uh, thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time